Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 348 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her plant-based diet to knock out hot flashes without drugs. Yeah, music to your ears. We've got a terrific show. And just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils customized for women. To learn more, hop on over to smartypantsvitamins.com. Here's your first reminder to click on to iTunes for this episode, and when it's all done, please rate and review the show. We look forward to hearing from you because guess what? We love your feedback, that's why. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind, her body, her life. It's all about Her. I am so thrilled to have back Dr. Neil Bernard, who you know has been on the podcast before and is all about, well, holistic, healthy living. Today, we're going to be talking about a plant-based diet that can knock out hot flashes without drugs. The name of the book is Your Body on Balance. Now, Dr. Bernard is president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. He is founder of the Bernard Medical Center He is an adjunct professor of medicine at the George Washington University School of Medicine and is a fellow of the American College of Cardiology. His federally funded diabetes research revolutionized the nutritional approaches to type 2 diabetes, and he now aims to empower readers with life-changing information on hormones and health. Neil. Welcome back to the Her Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be back with you today. All right. So why'd you write the book? Because we've, up until now, we have been thinking of the relationship between what we eat and our health in, in kind of a, maybe an overly simple way. You eat a bad food and you get a problem. So if you eat high calorie foods, you gain weight, or if you're eating uh, the wrong kinds of foods, your cholesterol will go up. But we started to discover something that takes this into a whole new realm, and that is everything in your body is controlled by your hormones. Thyroid hormone gives you energy. Insulin is a hormone that gets your blood sugar regulated. Estradiol and, and, and in men, testosterone, those are sex hormones that affect reproduction. We now know that all of those hormonal functions can be adjusted, sometimes in huge ways, by food choices that you make. And yet nobody really, nobody's read the owner's manual. <laughs> they don't know how to do it. So we, we, we have been doing studies on this for a long time, and we found that we can get insulin working again. We found that we can get estradiol, your, your, the, the female sex hormone. We can tame this hormone, so to speak. And our new research is all about menopausal hot flashes. And we found a way to knock those down by 84% very rapidly and help women to lose weight in the process. We got so excited about it. So Your Body in Balance was designed to give people the step-by-step ways to feel more like you did when you were 16. Okay, now what's going, let, let's, let's take a step back. So if you're really talking about a woman in hot flashes, we're talking about perimenopause, 
menopause and then actually postmenopause as well, because as you know and I know, um, this whole issue of hot flashes uh, can be a you know pretty much a a long journey, um, beginning with the uh, perimenopause, which can be as early as um, thirty nine forty, and all the way past typical menopause, age 51, 52. So uh, define for everyone this perimenopause menopause. Right. Well, the the ovaries are releasing an egg during your reproductive years. And then when you're about 50 or give or, give or take a little bit, your ovaries say, hey, now is not a time when you need a toddler on your kitchen floor. And so they stop releasing eggs. This is not the end of life. It's just a change where you've got plenty of other things to do other than have another baby. And so they don't release eggs anymore. And the amount of estrogen in your blood goes way, way down. And many people sail through that just fine. But for some women, you're sitting in the board of directors meeting, you're feeling composed and fine. And all of a sudden it's 150 degrees. And that's vasodilation. In your skin, the blood vessels opened up and that's a hot flash. And if that happens during the day and it happens two, three, four times at night, you're never getting a good night's sleep and, and your quality of life just tanks. Uh, along with it sometimes comes uh, vaginal dryness and uh, sexual changes. And sometimes your, your mood will get kind of unpredictable for a little while. And up until now, people have relied on hormone medications to try to knock all that down, and, and, and they do, but the problem is they have side effects that can be serious. Uh, we followed a very different approach that started with a look around the world at women who are not having hot flashes to try to figure out what do they have in common. We found it, we tested it, and we just finished a randomized controlled trial and another one, and it works really, really well. So it's a completely drug-free solution based entirely on what you eat. Tell me about the randomized controlled trial. Who did you do it with? How did that work? The basis of it really started with observations in Japan, where in the post-World War II period, the Japanese diet, let's face it, was kind of a poor person's diet. It was lots of rice and some vegetables and the occasional bit of meat, really no dairy products at all. There was no cheesecake in Tokyo. Um, and not, not much meat, um, not much eggs and so forth. But as, and at that time, hot flashes were rare. There wasn't even a Japanese word for them. Maybe 15% of women had something like a hot flash, but they were pretty mild. But then when the diet started to westernize and McDonald's would show up in Tokyo and, and meat came in in a big way and fish intake doubled and, and dairy especially came in in a big way, hot flashes started to become much more common. And so that led to two different theories. One was soybeans. Soybeans have isoflavones, which are natural compounds in the soy. And they're famous among doctors because they reduce the risk of breast cancer. Good. But they also seem to be medicine against hot flashes. The other part is that there's something about a plant-based diet, high in fiber, really low in fat, no animal fat. That seems to play a role too. So the, the study that we did put all of this together. We brought in a group of women, they had moderate to severe hot flashes, and half of them did nothing. They just kept up with their usual diet. That was the control group. But the intervention group, the diet group, they eliminated animal products completely. So now you've got no animal fat at all. You got no dairy, you got no dairy hormones. Uh, it's totally plant-based. And secondly, it's really low in fat. So we helped the women to learn how to cook without adding oil. 
And the third thing was everybody got an Instant Pot, a uh, you know, pressure cooker, and they got some non-GMO non soybeans. And they cooked them up, and then they would have a half a cup of cooked soybeans every day, which they could either use kind of like pine nuts on their salad or in a soup, or if they wanted, they could also roast them in the oven and have them kind of like dry roasted peanuts. And they became kind of a popular snack sort of thing. But the bottom line was, as it was just a 12-week study, the average woman lost almost 8 pounds in 12 weeks. The moderate to severe hot flashes, the ones that wake you up at night and make you feel crazy during the day, dropped by 84%. Uh, and then the vaginal dryness in many women, the, um, what I might call just sort of the sexual symptoms of uh, menopause, improved in many women as well. And for many, they felt like going into it a little nervous, like, what's it like to follow a vegan diet? Am I going to have to acquire a taste for folk music now? How do I, how do uh, I, how do, I do well, this? Wait, 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 now, wait a minute. Birkenstocks are absolutely required. No question about <laughs> right. it. Right. <laughs> Tie-dye clothes. But, but they very soon, soon discovered that wasn't it. It was um, instead of meat sauce on my spaghetti, I'll have the tomato sauce or the, you know, the spicy garlic sauce. Or instead of a meat, uh, meat chili, I'll have the bean chili. Or uh, instead of a, a beefy taco at, at the Mexican restaurant, I'll have the bean burrito, whatever, you know, whatever. So they found this was really easy. They didn't have to limit carbs. They didn't have to limit calories at all. They could eat as much as they wanted to. And they found, for many, it was just life-changing. Yeah, uh, yes, they, they lost weight and their blood pressure came down. For many, if they had, you know, GERD, sort of acid indigestion, uh, uh, acid reflux, gone. Uh, and the, the weight loss was, was just proceeding apace. And then their hot flashes started to go away. And it was just an amazing thing that women would say, I finally feel like I am in control of my body. I don't have to go to the drug counter to get something. I don't have to read a label on a, on a, a bottle of pills that says this might cause cancer, this might cause dementia, this might cause a heart attack, this might cause blood clots and stroke. Instead, all the side effects of a healthy plant-based diet are ones you want. And they also discovered it was so easy to do and their families would join them, their husbands or partners would join them. And it, it just was a really an amazing thing to see. So realistically, do you think that women out there who are basically weaned on a Western diet, can they accept something like a more of a vegan diet um, to be able to address these issues? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I think everyone is right to be skeptical of a new diet. Uh, because we hear about so many fad diets, and I think that's that's reasonable. And nobody really wants to make a change in what they do, except that they want their symptoms to go away. They want to feel better. They don't want to be on medicines for cholesterol, and they sure don't want to be drenched in sweat every three hours. So what we suggest that women do is focus on just the short term and give this a try. You're going to buy a Lexus. Let's, let's tr drive it around the block and see if we like it. Um, so drive the diet around the block. And there's a, there's a way to do that. Uh, you take seven days. And during this seven-day period, don't, don't throw anything out of your diet. If you eat chicken or Velveeta or whatever, keep eating that if you want. But during these seven days, try out the plant-based choices. Um, every morning, I have uh, cow's milk on my cornflakes. I've never tried almond milk, so I'm going to try it and or rice milk or oat milk or hemp milk or whatever just see what you like and i've got a friend who has veggie sausage i always have pork sausage so let me try the veggie sausage see if i like it fair enough 
Uh, my favorite Italian place, they've always offered the spaghetti arrabbiata, which they say is uh, spicy. It's a vegan tomato-based thing. I never tried it. Try it. You got seven days. After seven days, the women have a million choices for breakfast, lunch, dinners, things that are plant-based that they might not have thought that, thought, thought of them in that way. That's step one. It takes seven days. Now that you've done that, we're going to take three weeks and we're going to go all vegan all the time. No animal products whatsoever. And we're going to keep oils very low. But it's completely doable because it's 21 days. It's, it's not very long. And at the end of those 21 days, you haven't had chicken wings during the, that three weeks. And you discover two things. You're physically transforming. You're losing weight. If you have diabetes, your blood sugar is coming down. Your hot flashes have started to melt away. And then the other thing is the way you feel about food is transforming too. You, you discover, I don't miss those chicken wings as a matter of fact. And you're discovering new foods, new recipes, new books, new cookbooks, new websites, friends who have been doing this and wondering kind of where you've been and new products at the store and things to buy and try. And, and you'll, you'll have some recipes work out great, another might be a dud, whatever. But you are, fun, you are discovering that you're, you're, there, there's a whole new world out there that you can try. Some of it is inspired by international cuisine, whether it's Italian or Mexican or French or, or Spanish or all these countries have their own plant-based staples. You can try that. Or you can just kind of modify what you're doing now. If you have the pork bacon every morning, have the veggie bacon. If you want to make simple changes like that. But it is the most empowering thing, and it's it's a really cool thing to try. One of my team members um, here uh, said, I'm vegetarian. Will it work for me if I don't want to do vegan? Uh, that means the person loves cheese, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know about the word <laughs> Probably. love. I don't know about the word love, but, you know, yeah, I mean, it's... Enamored thrown. with. There, yes. It's thrown in there somewhere, <laughs> right? It is. I got to tell you, you know, we, in the research studies we've done, people, you know, it's, it's astounding. You have a person who's got bad diabetes. They, they do what I'm saying. They lose 60 pounds. They come off their medicines. They feel better than they felt in years. But so many will say, but doc, I just love cheese. Can't I have a little cheese? Um, you can do whatever you want to. But what you discover is it doesn't love you back. Cheese is 70% fat. It's, the, it's one of the biggest reasons that kids are gaining weight in high school because your average American eats 37 pounds of it per year. So I would, suggest, um, that to, I would suggest getting away from it for a short period of time. Do, it, do my three-week three test. And what you'll discover is that you can kind of live without those things. What you'll also discover is that if you bring animal bits into your diet and greasy foods and stuff, it doesn't work as well as if you get rid of it. It's like in our clinic. Guy comes in, smoking a pack a day. And I say, let's, let's uh, get rid of the cigarettes and maybe you will stop the cough, you could, the chronic cough you got. He comes back six weeks later and he says, Doc, I quit smoking more, mostly, except, except when I go out to eat, you know, like once, maybe once, I have maybe one cigarette a day, that's it. Is your cough gone? No, no, it's not really gone, but, but it's maybe better. Once he gets rid of that last cigarette, his lungs can heal. Once we get the animal products out of our diet, our bodies can heal. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very interesting. And needless to say, in this day and age of sustainability, um, of our carbon blueprints, uh, you know, on this precious, uh, you know, wounded planet of ours, I mean, all of this uh, speaks to 
you know, how relevant what you're talking about really is. Did you keep that in the back of your mind when you were writing the book? You really can't miss it. And I have to say, for me, it was particularly acute because I grew up in North Dakota. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Fargo. Fargo that's where I grew up. Oh, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Get out. I didn't know that about you. Somehow I thought you were just sort of some Northeasterner, you know? Well, um, I am now. I, oh, my I, gosh. I, yeah, no, I, my first, my, 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 I started my practice in New York City, and I, I'm now here in Washington, D.C. But no, my whole childhood was in North Dakota. Anyway, my dad grew up in the cattle business, as did my grandpa, my great-grandpa, my uncles, my cousins, everybody. And I have personally driven cattle to the East St. Louis stockyards, and I and I have hunted, and I killed animals with my bare hands, which we do when you hunt. And it's and I'm not proud of that, but that's the way we grew up. And for me, we grew up with this really old-fashioned idea that meat is where you get protein, and meat is where you get iron, and, and we just took the most denigrating view of vegetables and fruits and grains, and, and which the whole rest of the world has used to sustain itself. And so. Uh, Along the lines, you know, there was a, a tremendous amount of heart disease and diet-related cancer and diabetes and all these things in meat-eating populations. And as I started to rethink this, and I, I've adopted the diet that we use in our research studies, totally vegan completely, which I love. Not only is it much more exciting food, I have to say, than the roast beef, baked potatoes, and corn that, that I grew up with. It's much more interesting. But also you do come to realize Maybe the animals that I drove to slaughter weren't so happy to be there. Maybe the environment that, frankly, we are degrading needs a little bit of protection. So yeah, when you think about the big picture, yes. But my job right now is as a physician, if a woman comes to us and says, I just can't really get through a day feeling like myself, I want to feel better. What we try to do is, I, I, I don't want to fool around with it. I don't want to give you baby steps that might get you better three years from now. I'm going to cure you right now if I can. And that's why I'm going to say, let's just do this. If you want to back off on it later, do. But do this experiment with me. And I would encourage every listener, if you haven't done this, just try this now. Take a week. Think of the foods that you would eat that are plant-based and put them on a list. I want breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And after a week, now start eating those foods and don't have any animal products at all. And keep the oils really low. If you got hot flashes, one more step. Half a, cook, half a cup of cooked soybeans every day. And what you'll discover is that you feel better and better and better. You start losing weight. And if you've got hot flashes, they're probably uh, going to improve or maybe be gone. All right. So if someone opens your book, what are they expecting to find? How is it organized? You know, go right into it so they can say, okay, we've read so many things. Uh, you know, I mean, this whole sector about, you know, women's health, menopause, perimenopause, all the rest of it is just beaten up, right? With so many books out there, a lot of misinformation and back and forth. So what are they going to find from someone as uh, a researcher as credible as you? you know, flip open that book. Is it How helpful is it going to be for a woman? I think it'll be absolutely life-changing. Um, and what we're doing is we're, we're trying to help people to learn how they can take control back of their bodies. Um, and we're not gonna look just at menopause and, and at the estrogen shifts, although we're gonna, we're gonna spend a lot of time on that. And we're gonna actually look at the other end of the reproductive window. You can be a 16-year-old girl, and you're in the high school nurse's office because you've got cramps that are you can't get through debate club today. 
Uh, now, not every girl has bad cramps, but maybe one in 10 does, where they're pretty bad. And we discovered the same kind of dietary changes can help. And get the animal products out of your diet, keep oils really low. What that does is it calms down the estradiol roller coaster so that instead of having too much estrogen in your body every month, over thickening the endometrial layer of your uterus, which causes inflammation and pain at the end of that month, we can calm that down and I can do it within your next menstrual cycle. Um, so anyway, we're gonna talk about that. We'll talk about fertility and PCOS, all these conditions that bother many people, but we're also gonna to talk to men. Male fertility, I'm talking about Hank's sperm count. That's affected by what he eats too. Uh, and by the way, cheese is a big problem there because cheese has estrogens in it from the cow, and that is not the friend of male fertility. But aside from estradiol, we'll talk about uh, another hormone, that's insulin, which is misbehaving in diabetes. And our work two decades ago showed that diabetes can be under dramatically better control and sometimes go away. And so we'll talk about that. And then we're gonna talk about thyroid hormone. For every woman or man, whoever got up in the morning and you walked into the bathroom and you notice that, you know, you stand on the scale and you're up another pound. And you look in the mirror and you say, you know, my hair doesn't look right. There's my skin, what's happening to me? And, and my digestion isn't so hot. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, these may be vague symptoms to you. But to me, this is my checklist for your thyroid is not behaving. The doctor draws a blood sample and says, yep, you're hypothyroid. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that and how, how the steps that you need to get your thyroid working again. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. And it doesn't take a month. These are things you can do. And the end of the book, we're going to talk about mood, depression, anxiety, and, and kind of the states along the way. What is it that's contributing to that? And how can we feel better? And then let's design a really good diet for you. And last, even if you're on a good diet, there are some chemicals in the foods that you might be eating, and we're going to figure out what they are and how you can avoid them. So that's your body in balance. And my whole idea, oh, oh, oh I forgot to tell you the most important thing. Uh, for recipes, Lindsay S. Nixon is the world's greatest recipe developer. And I've been wanting to work with Lindsay for a long time. And so she finally agreed. She said, okay, for your body in balance, I'm going to give you recipes. And they are bang up fabulous. Um, they're, by fabulous, I mean they taste good, they're familiar but they're quick and you don't need 800 ingredients to do it. And, and some of them are really fun. Like this time of year, she's got an autumn chowder where you, you make up, I don't know if you have ever done this, you make up a big batch, more than you can eat today. And you save some for tomorrow and the next day. And you take it out of the fridge the next day and heat it up and it's, it's actually better the next day. Um, and it's even better the third day. It kind of matures. So um, anyway, I got real excited about not just the science of it and what you can do for your health, but the recipes are fun too. You know, one of the things I found, Neil, and, and probably you discovered this too, needless to say, we're you know, still dealing with this whole you know, pandemic uh, craziness, but during the... Um, you know, the time when people were pretty much locked into their homes and really uh, had limited ability to go out and grab that fast food and, you know, hit the restaurants and all the rest of it. Guess what they started doing? Yeah, you heard it. It was cooking. Um, what a radical, you know, sometimes <laughs> I think the word cook is like a four, it, you know, you know what it is, Neil? Right. It's like a four letter word. It's like, what? You know, and no, that does not mean you just throw it in a microwave somewhere. Um, and that people started, you know, doing a lot more of that. And 
I think, you know, by looking at the statistics, it stuck with a lot of people. They began to realize, to appreciate uh, what it was like to, you know, to actually cook. Now, some people were cooking some pretty funky stuff, not particularly healthy, but at least they were beginning to cook. Um, and other people started paying a lot more attention to what they were putting in their mouth. And, you know, one of the uh, the residual um, residuals from this whole pandemic also was the fact that, you know, it was a, it was a call out that the more unhealthy you were, the more you were vulnerable to the COVID infection, let alone the flu and everything else. It was like a shout out, like, well, wait a minute now, sit down, let's take an assessment of where we are right now with our health and how could we improve it? Um, really to save your own life in many respects. So you mentioned diabetes. Go ahead, Neil. Tell everyone the diabetes statistics, including pre-diabetes. Well, it's frightening. Um, right now, about 30% of Americans have either diabetes itself or pre-diabetes. Um, and, there's, and there's a lot who don't know they have it. And it starts phenomenally early in life. You can go into high schools and see kids who are on that path. Um, and part of the problem is that people have a complete misunderstanding of what causes diabetes. And in, in fact, I, I have to tell you, you talk to a person who's got diabetes and, and they'll, they'll come into our clinic and they'll say, I've been really following the diet and it's not really working for me. The, the diet that they have been following said to them, well, don't eat bread and don't eat rice and don't eat potatoes because their idea was, well, those have natural sugars in them. They've got, they, or they have starch that digest to release sugar. And so when they eat them, their blood sugar goes up. And so they've been avoiding that, but their diabetes never went away. Diabetes is not caused by eating bread. It is not caused by eating potatoes. It is not caused by eating carbohydrates. What diabetes is, and I have to explain this to every patient, is that diabetes starts with your ham sandwich or bacon or sausage, foods that have fat in them. The fat goes in your bloodstream and it goes inside your muscle cells. It goes inside your liver cells. The fat from the foods you eat gets inside your cells. Once that happens and the cell starts filling up with fat, your insulin can no longer open that cell up to get the sugar inside anymore. So that's called insulin resistance. As your cells filled with fat, they can no longer get the sugar out of your blood. So the reason your, your blood sugar rises is because your normal mechanism for removing the sugar from the blood, which is to put it in your cells, that mechanism is shot. And it's shot from fatty foods. So the patients that we talk to, they have never heard that before despite the fact that we and other teams have been doing research on this for decades. So what we do with people who have diabetes is, as I will say, I don't care how much bread you eat. I don't care how much rice you eat. I don't care how many sweet potatoes you have. You got type two diabetes, do this. No animal products at all for the next month. That I have just eliminated every drop of animal fat from their diet. And I'm also gonna say, let's keep the oily foods really low. So for right now, skip the peanut butter and guacamole and, and don't, and, and Fry in a nonstick pan. The patient comes back the next week. They'll say, Doc, I didn't believe this, but my blood sugars are way, way, way down. And if they stick with it, you, you have to back them off their insulin. Eventually, for many of them, you stop their insulin completely. In some cases, we started seeing this 20 years ago, their diabetes is gone. Why? Because we took the fat out of their diet. That in turn drains the fat out of their cells. And yes, they lose weight like crazy, but it's the fat in their muscles and liver that once that is gone, then their glucose that's been building up in their blood can get out of the blood into the cells. 
it gives the cells energy, it gets their blood sugar down, and they feel great. And that's tackling the cause of type 2 diabetes. Back in the 1950s, we did not know that. We know that now because I can put a patient in a magnetic resonance scanner and I can quantify the fat that they've got in their muscles, in their liver. And as I change their diet, you can watch it drain away. You can watch the diabetes diagnosis improving, 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 improving. And this is also a, a shout out that if you're on medication for um, diabetes, uh, type 2 diabetes, um, which could be uh, an oral pill, there are many of these out there now, um, one of the most important things to do when you take on something like this is to tell your provider what you're doing and then to stay right on top of your blood sugars and work with your, you know, uh, healthcare provider team to be able to re-regulate whatever medications you're on and hopefully you'll be able to even get off them. So, you know, don't do this by yourself. In the best of all worlds, inform your team um, if you are already um, under care for um, diabetes. Uh, off times, you know, um, okay, let's do this, Neil. Uh, what is the relationship between obesity and type 2 diabetes? Well, obesity is, of course, a sign that we've been eating more calories than we're burning off, uh, to make it simple. And those calories typically come in the form of fat. Uh, fats and oils are really the high-calorie foods. We think of sugar as having calories, and it does. Sugar has four calories in a gram. But fats, pork fat, chicken fat, fish fat, has nine calories in every gram. So that means you're getting more calories. You're storing it as body fat. And in the, along the way, some of it gets into your muscles and your liver, and that the problem with that is your muscles and your liver, that's where the blood sugar has been trying to go, and it can't because the cells are filled with fat. So the beauty of it is when people make the diet change I'm describing, whether they're skeptical or not, it doesn't matter, it, it slims down the fat that's accumulated in their waistline and on their thighs, that starts to go away. Uh, but the fat inside their muscle and liver cells goes away too, or it starts to, and so their, their diabetes improves. And I don't care how long you've had diabetes. We did a study with people who had had long-term diabetes to the point where it was causing muscle damage, I'm sorry, uh, nerve damage. It's called neuropathy, pain, numbness. That improves too. Uh, so don't let it go that long. And what you said is right. Let your doctor know you're doing it because you're already, if you're taking powerful medicines like insulin injections, that's powerful stuff. The diet that I'm describing is extremely powerful too. That combination can knock your blood sugar down too low. So your doctor should be uh, ratcheting down your medicines uh, as you're improving your diet. And the same is true if, you're on, if you've got high blood pressure. Your blood pressure is going to come back down too, uh, to a degree. And one day you'll stand up from, a from sitting down at a chair and you stand up at, at, your, at your table and you're feeling lightheaded because... The drugs you're taking are powerful, and so is the diet. We need to, the, the doctors need to take you down off the drugs when the time is right. And of course, the patients say, hallelujah, I, don't, I didn't want to take these darn medicines anyway. Um, but you need to, to work as a team, just like you said. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is coming back to your wonderful book, Your Body on Balance, is, is this issue. Just after the age of 40, and then, you know, all the way through perimenopause, menopause, and then post-menopause, you, you, a woman is really facing a lot of changes. And one of them is the ease with which she gains weight. 
for so many reasons, you know, um, everything from, you know, having to multitask with, you know, handling caregiving at multiple levels, uh, a career, a running around, grab and go food, um, sort of mindless eating and back and forth. And then it's much easier to accumulate the fat and the visceral fat as well as around the belly, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, by, by looking at a solution like you propose with a plant-based diet in your in your body on balance, it, it seems to me that you're able to really get quite a few win-wins here. One of the first being the hot flashes. The next one is better night's sleep. Um, the third is uh, more energy to be able to live a healthier lifestyle. And with that energy, more attention and mindfulness um, about what you're cooking and what you're eating. Um, so I see it as kind of a, a great win-win all the way around. We did a study that focused not on hot, the hot flash study was great. And, and I, I'm not surprised that it's really gotten a lot of attention. But we did another study for women after menopause who just wanted to lose weight. And so many had done every kind of diet. But we tried this kind of diet. In, in this case, it was simple. It was just no animal products, keep oils low. Soybeans weren't actually part of it at this point. And we found that the women in the first 14 weeks of the study lost about a pound per week. So it's just this kind of nice, gradual weight loss. We then tracked them for two additional years and found that unlike every other diet that you've ever been on where you put the weight back on, in this case, it was a one-way street. The weight never returned. And so what we're discovering is it instead of counting carbohydrates and limiting calories and going to bed hungry and blaming yourself, and there's nothing wrong with you. There's just things wrong with those fad diets that were not really designed to feed your body what it really wants. So with a, a healthy d diet that's based on plants, all these things can get better together. All right. So as we wind this up, I mean, I'm just loving the messaging here and the fact that you've published the data. I have the study in front of me on the postmenopausal women. Um, and I'm just saying that the, you're, you're talking from such a level of credibility that I want women to listen up. Um, and, and to really consider this. So as we wind this up, what I would love for you to do is talk to that woman out there in the Her Podcast land who's feeling kind of hopeless. You know, she's menopausal-ish, all right? And, and she's watched these changes in her body. Her numbers are not looking great for, you know, hemoglobin A1C, for her you know, blood sugars, et cetera. She's got that belly thing going on. Um, and at the same time, she's feeling really dragged down by so many of the symptoms of menopause. Talk to her and, and she's feeling like, I've tried everything, you know, it doesn't work. Um, and I've just pretty much given up. What would you say to her? A couple of things. First of all, we need just some basic information. You don't have to have a PhD in nutrition. We just need to learn a few things and set aside some mythology. For example, there is a myth that if you have soybeans, that they'll cause cancer. It turns out to be the opposite, that the soy isoflavones actually attach to, to beta receptors, not the alpha receptors. And, and, and the women who consume more soy actually have about 30% less breast cancer than other women's. So we just need to get simple, good, accurate information out there. But perhaps the most important consideration is to recognize your body can heal. If you cut your skin, you don't think twice. You, you know that 
you know that your skin can heal. And that's, it's not the Band-Aid that heals you, it's that your DNA has a healing program so that one skin cell can reach across to another skin cell and they can heal. There might be a little scar, it's not perfect, but your body will heal. If you break a bone, your bones can heal. And we learned 20 years ago from the work of Dr. Dean Ornish that clogged arteries can heal, or at least start to. And our team showed that diabetes, to an extent, will heal. So your body has power. It's not perfect. We're vulnerable. Things can happen no matter, no matter you know, you, you could be doing a really good job with your diet. Things can still happen. But let's not throw away the ability to heal. It turns out to be easier than you'd imagined. It's, to change your diet in the way I'm describing is easier than quitting smoking. It's easier than quitting other bad habits. It's a lot easier than trying to do an exercise regimen every day. Do all those things too. But changing your diet means foods that are fun, foods that love you back, foods that are kind of a neat exploration, and a body that feels more like you. And if we let that healing process occur, then you can share it with other people and help them to heal too. All right, Neil, that was just beautiful. Um, it's just also realistic. I love the way you communicate in a way that I think that anyone can understand, and it's so compelling. We, everyone out there in the Herb Podcast land, we've been talking to Dr. Neil Barnard. Um, so many of you know about his long history in uh, messaging everything about holistic, integrative um, healthcare, and especially his work in plant-based diets. His latest book is Your Body on Balance. To learn more about his work, please go to pcrm.org slash your body in balance. Of course, we can get the book anywhere, right? Amazon. Uh, yeah. Amazon, everywhere online, and if there's a little bookstore that's <laughs> opening its door now in the pandemic, um, they have copies of Your Body in Balance as well, and I'm sure they'd appreciate your business. But my, uh, Or check it out from the library. My main hope is that people will share it with others who need this work. Fantastic. I just love the messaging. Neil, thank you so much for being on the Herb Podcast once again. So appreciate that. And everyone out there, now take a minute and hit iTunes, rate and review the show. I want to hear from you. This was a great show, and I hope you took lots and lots of notes, and you'll run out and get the book. Now, listen, I'm listening for your feedback. I need it. Why? Because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Her Podcast. Please follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD. Thanks for listening today, and please Stay well.